0: I do invite you to stand as we read our sermon text together. Our sermon text today is taken from Romans chapter 3, verses 19 uh, through 28. 500 years ago, a Roman Catholic monk opened the Bible, and he began to study the Bible. And as he read the Bible, he found things like what we're just about to read now from Romans 3. Some truths from God that absolutely changed and transformed his life. And the church and Western civilization. And that man was Martin Luther. This is Reformation, the day that we commemorate uh, the Protestant Reformation. So one of the key texts for this day is from Romans chapter 3, verses 19 through 28. Reading in Jesus' name. apart from the works of the law. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. On October 31st, 1517, a Catholic monk named Martin Luther nailed a document to the door of the church in Wittenberg, Germany. That document was a protest against the Roman Catholic Church's teachings. And with the invention of the printing press, that document went viral Soon Luther's protest against the Roman against the Roman Catholic Church was translated into German and other language and what started was a movement called the Protestant Reformation Why was Luther compelled to protest against the Roman Catholic Church Bottom line Luther read the Bible Luther read the Bible and as Luther read and studied the Bible, he learned that many of the church's teachings, that is the Roman Catholic Church's teachings, didn't agree with the Bible. The, the Roman Catholic Church actually things, taught things that, that were against God's word. So for us Lutherans, it's, it's the Bible, the whole Bible, and nothing but the Bible. Scripture alone is the source of faith and life for the Christian. And for our church. We stand on the truth of God's word. What we believe, what we teach, what we confess, what we live comes from the Bible. And Luther was fully convinced that the Bible is the final authority. If Luther drove a car, his bumper sticker would, might say, uh, Scripture alone, Scripture alone. That was one of the main taglines of the Reformation. Scripture alone. Luther took his stand on the Bible and worked to base all of his teachings and practices on the Bible. And he also wanted the ordinary people to to read the Bible. So he translated the Bible into the German language so that everyday people could read the scriptures for themselves. But the most revolutionary thing that Luther found in the Bible is a correct understanding of the word righteousness. And a correct understanding of many other words like repentance. But righteousness. Righteousness. What do you think when you hear the word righteousness? When Luther heard the word, it, it terrorized him. Because Luther rightly understood that... That God is indeed righteous. But Luther also recognized that he was not righteous. Luther recognized that he is a sinner. So God is is without sin and and he is a sinner. And no no matter how hard Luther would work, he he couldn't become righteous. He couldn't become a person without sin. So this terrorized... Luther. And so Luther looked to the Roman church, and where the Roman church went wrong was in their solution to to man's sinfulness or to man's unrighteousness. You see, the Roman Catholic church taught that humanity was required to do good works. And good works combined with God's grace would make a person righteous. So they lived in this this, uh, culture and in this life of continually uh, having to perform to earn salvation, to become righteous. So Luther and others believed that good deeds must be done to be righteous. And once a person did enough good, then they could be on God's good side. But Luther never found himself on God's good side. Because he worked and he worked and he worked and he still saw himself and understood correctly that he is a sinner. So so Luther lived with his view of God as as not a loving father, but as a taskmaster that demanded a high level of religious performance to earn righteousness. So Luther believed that his religious devotion as a monk would make him righteous before God. So Luther went on long fasts. He'd go without food or drink. He, he would go without sleep for extended times of prayer, thinking that that would earn uh, God's favor and that he would become righteous through that. He would also spend cold nights without heat or coverings on the hard ground, believing that God would count him righteous by his self deprivations. And even this, this practice called self-flagellation, he would, he would whip himself, Believing that by doing that, it would make him holy and righteous. One historian, James Kettleson, wrote in his book, Luther the Reformer. He wrote this, as a monk, Luther did not simply go through the motions of prayer, fasting, deprivations, and mortifications of the flesh, but he pursued them earnestly. He sought to love God with all his heart all his strength, and all his mind. And to do so, in his mind, required rejecting the world, rejecting his family, and rejecting himself. And the historian writes, it's even possible that the illnesses which troubled Luther so much in his later years developed as a result of a strict denial of his own bodily needs. So it could be that that this fervent devotion even permanently ruined his health. Why did he do this? Because he understood his lack of righteousness. And he believed that by doing these things, he would become more righteous. And we oftentimes do the same thing. We think that we have to do good things for God in order to become righteous before him. But he never attained righteousness by his deeds. Sadly, he never found peace with God. Even after doing all of that religious stuff, Luther was still tormented by his own unrighteousness. So when Luther considered the word righteousness it terrified him. He knew that no matter how many religious disciplines he engaged in he was still unrighteous. Over time as <clears throat> Luther went through the process of reading the Bible he experienced a new understanding of God, of these various terms, and it gave him peace with God. When uh, Luther read portions of the Bible like Romans 3, for him it was, it was a revolution. It's like the lights came on. He discovered from reading the Apostle Paul's letters that a righteousness from God is given through faith. A righteousness from God is given through faith, apart from doing good works. Luther was trying to earn righteousness by obedience to the commandments and church discipline. But in the Bible, the Holy Spirit awakened his heart and his mind to the truth of the gospel. Salvation is by grace. Salvation is by grace through faith apart from the works of the law. So we discovered this free grace that's given to sinners. And aren't you so happy that you have received that free grace that comes to you apart from the works of the law. So what does this mean for you? Well, church, you don't need to carry the burden of saving yourself. You're free. You don't need to carry the weight of trying to to earn a place for yourself in heaven. You see, heaven is a free gift. It can't be earned, and it's not deserved. You see, Jesus is the one who carried the burden He's the one who carried the burden. First of all, he he carried the burden of doing good works by his sinless life. So Jesus entered into our world. Jesus, who is true God and true man, he lived a righteous and a sinful life for us. So as Jesus went about his life, he never sinned once. He was perfectly righteous in every way. But not only did Jesus bear the burden of doing good works by his sinless life, Jesus carried the burden of your sin and guilt by his sacrificial death. So Jesus took all of your sins upon himself when he hung on the cross. And in exchange for your sins, he has given you his righteousness. So on the cross, he took your sin. And in exchange for your sin, he gave you his righteousness. So when God sees you today, he doesn't see you as a sinner. He sees you as righteous and and as holy as Jesus. You're clothed in the very righteousness of Christ. And it's all a free gift. You believe it? Have you received it? If you believe it, you've received it. Your sins are forgiven. And you are righteous in Jesus. I want us to put up on the screen today, <clears throat> Romans 3.23-24. through 24. And I hope that the lights come on for us today. I hope the screen comes on too. Okay, very important verses. Romans uh, 3, 23 through 24. And in these verses, we we learn this. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That's us. We've all sinned. Each and every one of us. And all of us have fallen short of the glory of God. We're not righteous. Uh, Verse 24 says, and are justified. I want to zoom in on that word here in just a moment. But are justified by his grace. As a gift through the redemption, I want to zoom in on that word redemption that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So justified. Justified. What does it mean to be justified? Today, through faith in Jesus, you are justified. But what does that word mean? It's one of those big religious words, right? It's not a word you use every day. It's a word you might hear in church, and you hear that word in church, and you're like, what in the world is is he talking about? I'm justified? What does that mean? Well, justified, to be justified is to be declared righteous. So God has declared you righteous. It's it's, it's very similar to a judge or jury declaring not guilty. That's really what that word means. So God has said to you, you are not guilty. You're not guilty because Jesus took all of your sins upon himself on the cross. So that's what that word uh, justified means. It's, it's It's the declaration of your righteousness It's like a judge or jury declaring not guilty. And then the other word is redemption. This is a very interesting word. It means uh, redemption is to be set free by payment. It's actually in the Greek a word used uh, to purchase a slave only to set that slave free. Isn't that interesting? And people have done that throughout history. They actually... Have gone to, to the to the slave markets to purchase a slave, but only to set that slave free. Isn't that beautiful? That's what Jesus has done for you. By His blood, He purchased you, only from the slavery of sin, from the slavery of condemnation, only to just set you free. That's who you are today. You are justified. Declared righteous and you are redeemed. You are set free. So you are declared not guilty. You've been purchased by the blood of Jesus and you are righteous. Not a righteousness of your own that comes through the law, through your good deeds, through your devotion. But that which comes through faith in Christ. A righteousness that depends from God that depends on faith. Faith. True saving faith. What is true saving faith? True saving faith is not just head knowledge. True saving faith isn't just a momentary faith. You know, some people just have a momentary faith. Well, I'll I'll pray if if I really need God. But the rest of the time, I'm just going to depend on myself. No, a, a true saving faith isn't just head knowledge, nor is it just a momentary faith, but... But true faith is trusting in Jesus alone for salvation. Your salvation is by grace through faith, not your own doing. You are saved by trusting in Jesus as your Savior. And by trusting in Jesus as the one who went to the cross to pay the price for your sins and to rise again to bestow upon you the gift of everlasting life. To be a Christian is to believe that God loves you. He loves you. It's to believe and to recognize and to come to the realization internally that you're a sinner. And that you need saving. It's to believe that Jesus shed his blood to purchase your salvation. And it's to believe that Jesus rose from the dead to give everlasting life to all who trust in him. So then people began to ask, okay, Luther, you're preaching this this grace, you're preaching this this message that that we we don't do anything to save ourselves. And people began to ask, well, Luther, what about good works? What about good works? Should we do good works? We know, yes, we should. We should obey God. But not to earn salvation. But because you have been saved by Jesus, you are now free. You are now free, but not free to do whatever you want. You are now free to obey. You're free to obey. The Bible tells us we are free in Jesus. But don't use your freedom as an opportunity to keep on sinning. Use your freedom to serve others in love. So we do good works. And our good works are directed towards helping and serving others. God does not need your good works, Luther says. God doesn't need your good works, but your neighbor does. Your neighbor needs your good works. So we give of our time, our money, to help people. We give to do good works, not not to earn our salvation, but to give to to, to kids within our school district, right? To give to Cedar Valley Elementary to serve them so the kids who are hungry in our own neighborhoods have food. We give to Washington kids in transition, not to impress God or to earn salvation, but simply because we have been filled with such a love that we're compelled to serve others in our, through our freedom in Christ. Uh, we open the doors of our church on these coldest nights, so that the homeless can have a, a place that's, uh, that's safe and, and a little bit warmer to sleep. Uh, we give to our brothers and sisters in Mexico because they have just been ravaged by this virus and by the economic downturn. Uh, we, we, we build a hospital in Chad, Africa. Many people within our church have been instrumental in building a hospital in Chad. And I think that if you were in Sunday school this morning, you heard a little bit about that. Because we love people in Africa and Asia and Europe and around the world because of what Jesus has done for us. And in just a little bit, you're going to hear about missionaries that we've sent to Japan. We're planting a church in Japan because we love the Japanese people and we want them to know Jesus and to have a church. Brothers and sisters, you are saved by grace through faith. So now because you, you, you believe and you trust that you're saved, you go in peace. And what do you do? You serve. You serve the Lord in this freedom and in this peace that has been given to you in Jesus. Serve your neighbors. Serve your neighbors in love. And serve your neighbors in freedom. You can serve your neighbors in love and in freedom because you don't need to be afraid of God's judgment. You don't need to live in terror wondering if your good deeds are enough. Because your good deeds will never be enough to save you, but Jesus, his gift of salvation through his shed blood, it is more than sufficient. You are righteous. You are righteous in God's sight. Because God has made you righteous through the blood of Jesus. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for the good news of the gospel. Fill our hearts. Fill our lives with the reality that we are justified, declared, not guilty. That we are redeemed, purchased by your blood. That we are righteous in your sight. That we are free. And help us, Lord, to use these gifts which you've given to us. To live in freedom. Loving our neighbors. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand together as we sing.